are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks On podcast network. Your team every day you're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, downmyportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show, we got a jam-packed pot as always. Part three of that conversation with JT Shorter the second. We're going to be talking about my second half predictions for the D-backs. We say who's going to win the NL West. We give uh, predictions for who's making it to the World Series. So big prediction podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. At Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to download Spotify Green Room and join me this weekend as I'll be going live after the D-backs win. Spotify Green Room, download the app and get in on the action. Now, let's jump right into the pod with Janton Shorter the second. But for my first predict, uh, prediction, the chase field won't be a winning environment for the rest of the season. D-backs franchise worst record is 51 and 111. I think this season the D-backs are going to have a worse record than that. I think they're going to set the all-time franchise worst record. They need to go 26 and 44 the rest of the way to just tie their all-time worst record and I don't think they're going to win that many games. I can't see them winning 26 of their next 70 games. You know why? Because in April, the first month of the season, they started out 14 and 12, JT. Can you believe that? They were above 500 to start the year. And guess what? Over the next three months, they've only won 12 games. They won more games in the first month than they have the rest of the season. They went 12 and 54 over the next few months. So because of that, I don't think the D-backs are going to – you're saying there's the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm saying that tunnel is getting darker. I'm saying we're moving <laughs> away from the tunnel. We're going the opposite direction. That light is getting dimmer and dimmer. When they say go toward the light, the D-backs are running away from it. So how do you feel about that prediction? I, I, I respect that. I respect that. It's been a tough season, especially as a podcast host for the D-backs. I know it's tough watching those games and seeing your team struggle. So I'm praying for you, buddy. All right. Now, I, too, have some trade predictions, but it's not trading our 2017 first round pick uh, for no reason whatsoever. That just sounds ludicrous. That don't make no sense. But that's okay, JT. You have that. You have that prediction. If pavement gets if pavement gets moved, you'll come right back on here on this body. You could tell me uh, you can tell me. (laughs) off. Okay, you can say whatever you want. But I don't believe that's happening because the D-backs are going to make some trades. They're going to move three players at the MLB trade deadline. Three, JT. No more, no less. And those players, Eduardo Escobar. And remember, the trade deadline is July 30th. Eduardo Escobar is going to be traded. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. He's already been heavily linked to a lot of rumors, uh, a lot of trade rumors like the White Sox, maybe some other teams that need infield help. Escobar, he's going to be gone. And he's an all-star now, too. Maybe we could get a lot for him. Probably more than Paven Smith, who's not an all-star. 
Uh, the second guy who's going to get moved, uh, Drupal Cabrera, another versatile infielder. He's been linked to a few teams as well. I think he's been linked either the Nationals or the Mets. I can't remember which one, but it was one of the former teams he used to play for. And he's on the IL right now. He hasn't been that good uh, recently, but before he went on the IL the first time, because he's been on it twice now with the hamstring injury, but before he went on it the first time, he had a 289 average and an 866 OPS. And he's been awful since he's come back off the IL, but pre-injury, he was balling out. So maybe he can get semi-close back to that, and he's still a solid defensive player. And then the third guy that's going to be moved, Merrill Kelly, because Merrill Kelly is someone that could help round out the back end of someone's rotation. Merrill Kelly has been absolutely locked in his last few starts. I'm about to pull up his game log right here because in my preparation, I forgot to write down his game log, unfortunately. But if you look at Merrill Kelly's last five starts, Starting on June 21st, he went one earned run over seven innings, zero earned runs over six innings, three earned runs over seven, two over five and a third, and then one over five and a third. So Merrill Kelly has been locked in over his last five starts, and he was good in 2020. He had a 259 ERA in only five starts in 2020, but he was very good pre-injury as well. He seems to be getting back to that pre-injury form too, so I think a team who is in the mix to win the World Series, who is just in the mix to make the playoffs, if they need a number four or five starter, I think Merrill Kelly's serviceable. He's not the best pitcher in baseball, but he's a guy who could pitch to a low force kind of ERA, which is basically what you need as your number four or five starter. Really, he's a solid regular season guy. He's an innings eater. When you think of innings eater, this is what Merrill Kelly is. It doesn't matter if he's giving up seven earned runs in a game. It doesn't matter if he's giving up one earned run in a game. Either way, he's pitching into the sixth or seventh inning. <laughs> That's what the D-backs have done with him. No matter how badly he gets shelled in the game, the D-backs let him keep pitching, which I kind of respect. Save the bullpen. So Merrill Kelly with a 4-4-6 ERA right now, locked in the last five starts. I got him uh, being traded at the deadline. And he might be 32 years old, but this is only his third year in baseball. So technically, he's still young in the game. How do you feel about those guys being traded at that deadline? Now, speaking of Merrill Kelly, how do you feel if he goes to the your NL West rivals, the San Francisco Giants. They are in need of a couple more pitchers to kind of round off that pretty good rotation this year. How do you feel about that? Take him. We don't need him. As long as they give us, yeah, take him. It's like spades. Take my, take the book. (laughs) Take it. As long as we get a solid prospect back. And I don't really know trade evaluations like in basketball, I can do fake trades. I could pull up the NBA trade machine. I could realistically think, okay, these salaries match. This team needs that. That team needs that. I could realistically see these two dudes, uh, these two teams make a trade. And baseball, it's like, all right, I know these teams need pitchers that are, are, you know, back-end starters, but I don't know what they want to give up. Are they willing to give up a top-ten prospect? Well, I, it's hard to evaluate players' values in baseball compared to other sports. Uh, it's just really fluky. I mean, you see someone like Nolan Arenado really doesn't get traded for a lot. A lot of these superstars don't seem to be traded for major packages. And then someone like Zach Ranke gets traded for three of the top five prospects in the Astros organization. And so it's just really fluky to figure out evaluations of player values in baseball. If Merrill Kelly nets back the 15th best prospect in the Giants organization, I will definitely take that as the D-backs podcast host. Janton and I will continue our conversation, but did you know 
Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. Let me just name a few of them for you. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There is a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Built Bars is because they're healthy too. I'm a health conscious guy. I'm trying to work out every day. We'll see if I make it today, but Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but it's high in protein and it's high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Final prediction I have. The other half of the young core of Taven Smith, Josh Rojas, will finish the season with more than 25 home runs. Now, that's that's not like the biggest, boldest prediction, but he's at 10 home runs right now. He has the fourth best exit velo on the team uh, of anyone with at least 100 plate appearances, fourth best barrel percentage, fourth best slugging, second best extra base hit percentage. Now, the only concern with him, he has a worse launch angle than even Paven Smith. His launch angle is only 7.4 degrees. So if he can improve that over the second half, I think you're going to see his home runs uh, take a, a little bit of a peak. I, I would try and think the opposite of dip. What would be the opposite of the word dip? Like a, a liftoff? A rise. Yeah, there's going to be a rise. Yeah, a dip and rise. There's going to be a rise in his home run department over the second half. Uh, so that's my bold prediction for Josh Rojas. I like the dude. I think he's got a lot of swagger to his game. So I could definitely see him taking home more than 25 home runs. And if he does that, he, he could p- potentially be the starting second baseman again next year. And it's not like the D-backs have a lot of options. They're not trying to spend money in free agency anyway. So most of these guys, if they don't trade them, might be coming back next year. Probably more of the same next season. Uh, but let's get into some World Series MVP my last prediction. prediction. My last okay. Prediction. Okay. My last prediction. I believe we're thinking Tor- about this. This is Tori Tori Lavello's last season as manager. Oh he's my god. Done, he's done after this. This guy he's stating this the obvious. This is embarrassing. This guy. He's a free well, agent at the end of the season anyway. He's leaving he's regardless. Gone. He's he's not even gonna be in the MLB next year. He's gonna <laughs> okay. He's that's tired. that's potential, but yeah, <laughs> saying that's not a bold prediction. We that's everyone thinks Tori Lavello's gone. He if he said <laughs> he won't even finish the second half of the season, now that's a bold prediction. Uh, but saying he's not coming back next year, just that was a not even a lukewarm, that was nice. an ice cold prediction. That was a prediction that he did nobody up, JT. That was icy icy. Ever heard of icy hot? That was icy, icy. There was no hot there. No heat. No heat. No heat. Just coldness. All right. Now that you're done with your predictions, you stop me in the middle of moving on to just say Tori Lavella. Move on. That's that's like saying, oh, I think Ketel Marte is going to get another hit by the end of the season. If he stays healthy. Maybe. All right. Let's move on now, Janton Shorter the second, And let's talk about – let's first start with uh, some – uh, winner predictions and let's move to the NL West. We're not doing division by division predictions. This is the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. We just care about the NL West. So who is taking home the NL West division title? I think the San Francisco Giants and Merrill Kelly's possible new team 
may win the NL West. Their team is just so hot right now. Kind of unexpected from where they were last year, um, kind of being almost baseman dollars in the NL West. Um, they've kind of stepped it up this year. I know Buster Posey has definitely helped their team out a lot um, coming back this year. And their pitching staff, a bunch of old guys, but they're doing their job, I will say. Um, it's actually kind of impressive. Maybe the D-backs need to <laughs> rely on some more veterans other than Mad Bum um, to kind of step their team back up. But looking at Johnny Cueto, he's actually been a not a, not a bad pitcher this year. I think um, looking at their stats, four, maybe three of the four pitchers have an ERA below three. Or no, sorry. Two of them do. Uh, below five. Most all the guys have an ERA below five, which is kind of unheard of now in baseball with the the offense being such a high rate as it is now with home runs and doubles and triples. So um, it's kind of impressive to see how these pit, how the pitchers for the, the Giants have played so well. And looking at the offense too, Buster Posey, Brandon Bell, Brandon Crawford has also played a major role, kind of older guys at that all-star. Giant roster. He was an all-star. Crawford? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Evan Longoria, even who we haven't heard from Evan Longoria since his days with the, with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and even he's kind of stepping it up this year. So looking to see what they can do in the future and the next, the second half of the season. Um, hopefully the D-backs can kind of shut them out whenever they play them, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Who are you talking about? Shut them out. What are you talking? I need to look up how many times you shut out anybody this season. It just <laughs> does not happen. The D-backs do not shut out. I'm actually going to look that up real quick, but I actually don't have I, – I had the Giants written down at first, and then when I looked at it a little bit harder, I changed it to the L.A. Dodgers because the Dodgers, I think, on paper, are obviously better than San Francisco Giants. They have a better run differential. 142 to just 116. Uh, they scored more runs on the season. Uh, the Giants have actually let up less runs allowed, but I just think when you look at that Giants, uh, excuse me, that Dodgers lineup, someone like Mookie Betts hasn't even taken off yet. And so I just think there's another level that the Dodgers can go to. I feel like the Giants are already peaking. This is kind of like the best version of the Giants we are already going to get. I feel like the Dodgers still have another level that they can reach because some of their stars are not even hitting the cover off the ball yet. Trevor Bauer leaving. We'll see for how long that's definitely going to hurt them, but they still got uh, they still got Walker Bueller, Kershaw. They still got Gonsolin. Uh, they still got Julio Urias. So they still have a lot of. Uh, they still got a, a a lot of pitchers in that starting rotation. Uh, and I'm looking at the D-backs game log right now for how many times they've shut somebody out. Let me see. Uh, uh JT. I don't know JT. I don't know the no hitter. Remember the no hitter. That might have been. Let's see. Runs <laughs> runs allowed. Let's see. The amount of times they've okay three shutouts this season. Yeah, the no hitter, and then the game before that they had Zach Allen on the mound. That was the same day. The day they had that doubleheader against the Braves, they got two shutouts <laughs> that day. And then they had one more shutout against the Cincinnati Reds back on April 11th. So all their shutouts. First of all, they had three shutouts in April, and two of them came on one day. So. They, they don't shut out a, a lot, JT. This is not what they do. This is the Arizona Dimebacks. I looked at wins above average. We did a little segment on the pod last night. D-backs by the numbers. Go check it out if you haven't already. Locked on Dimebacks podcast. But 
D-backs, if you look at wins above average, which I think is basically war by baseball reference, the D-backs have, I think, the 25th best starting rotation, the worst bullpen, and the worst position group of position players in baseball. And overall roster, they were considered the worst too. I think they had a wins above average of negative 16. The Orioles were at like a negative 11. And they were the second worst. So there was a big gap between the D-backs and the second worst team in terms of how many wins is this roster giving you over this other roster. And it was by far the D-backs are contributing the least amount of wins of any team in Major League Baseball. So disgusting by them. They're not going to shut out a lot of uh, people. Their starters are hurt. Their relief pitchers are bad. And they don't score a lot of runs. A pretty big recipe for not winning games. Uh, But now let's move to the championship series, JT. Who is going to be in the NL championship series and who's winning? JT and I will wrap up the pod with our championship series predictions. But did you know BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action? Baseball season is in full swing and can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. So I kind of have an underdog, and it's going to be the Brewers. Oh, oh the championship series is going to be Brewers versus the Giants. I still have the Giants right oh my god! hand. Oh, relax over there. Relax, relax. I have the Brewers as the Cinderella team in the, the NL division. Um, right now they have, I think, eight guys who are batting over 600 with the OPS right now. Um, their numbers on offense are kind of unreal, um, to be quite honest with you. And pitching wise, I think this is the team that has three guys who all have three pitchers. Three of the starting pitchers have ERAs under three, um, which is what you were saying earlier with the All-Star game. Um, it's kind of impressive to see how well these guys are pitching, um, especially for the NL with all these pretty, pretty good stars and pretty good hitters. So um, hopefully they can keep that up and knock the Giants off as that championship game um i don't know if that would be a cinderella team i mean from their lineup no, fan, I guess, standpoint, maybe. fan standpoint maybe from their lineup i guess it would be a little cinderella because it's not that great willie adamas is playing out of his mind uh but yelich is not having a great season only played 59 games so far this season they just don't have a lot of offensive pieces but if you're looking at that rotation they might have the best rotation in all of baseball i mean Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta were both all-stars. And Brandon Woodruff is the guy that leads the team, leads the staff in ERA and innings pitch. And I don't think he was an all-star this season. I would have to double-check real quick. But, yeah, the the Brewers have three starting pitchers with a sub-2.5 ERA. 
And then they have arguably the best closer in baseball, too, with Josh Hader. Got someone like Devin Williams. I mean, they have an elite bullpen, elite starting rotation. So they definitely have the pitching to go deep into the playoffs, but they don't really have uh, the offense, I would say. The Giants, I think they're more of a regular season team than the postseason. I think they're a team like the Atlanta Hawks or something in the NBA. Not this season, Atlanta Hawks, but the Hawks that won 60 games back in like 2013 and then got swept by LeBron in the conference finals. This is a good regular season team, but when that playoff intensity rises and you need elite level starting pitching, I don't know if Anthony Del Scalfani is going to do it for you. I don't know if a Johnny Cueto, 845, is going to do it for you. So uh, it's definitely a bold take to think those two are going to the championship series. I'm going with the easy choice, Dodgers over Padres in the championship series. Uh, let's not make it difficult on ourselves by trying to be the, the Zag guy saying, oh, let me go with the Zag. Let me pick the Brewers and the San Francisco Giants just because. No, we, let's go with realistic expectations. If these teams are healthy. It's going to be Dodgers over Padres in the championship series. But how about the American League, JT? The American League, I have the Red Sox playing the White Sox. Mm. Battle of the Soxes. Okay. I don't even know if you can say that. Um, but Battle of the Soxes in <laughs> 2021, post-COVID. Um, looking to see Boston right now just playing out of their minds. I think they're the best, almost the best team in baseball. Um, Devers, like we said earlier. Um, Devers, and we have... Xander Bogarts, they're just playing tremendous baseball. Two all-stars on the same <laughs> same side of the field. That's almost unheard of um, nowadays. And they're, the Red Sox have definitely turned it around since last year. And Padres. The, the Padres. The yeah, he, pa- said, he said all-stars playing on the same side of the field. So I just threw out the Padres. No worries. We don't worry about the Padres. We worry about the Red Sox. Continue your point. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the, the White Sox, their their offense is also unreal. Jose Abreu having another great year. Um, Tim Anderson, he's playing okay. Not the best we've seen, but he's playing. He's having a pretty good year as well. Um, so we'll see what they can do come playoff time. I know the White Sox haven't been in the playoffs. Honestly, since I was a kid, or sorry, World Series since I was a kid. Um, so I don't think they'll do that anytime soon. So I have the, the Red Sox coming out on top in that AL um, championship series. And, uh, okay, so you have the Red Sox coming out on top. Mm-hmm. I, too, have the Red Sox in the championship series. But I have them playing the Houston Astros. And I have the Houston Astros coming out on top. I just, look. Ain't I, like trash cans, Miller? I love the I love the Red Sox in the American League, but I just love the Astros narrative. I'm all in on the zag of rooting for the Astros when the whole world hates them because I think it's the dumbest thing that people hate the Astros for what they did. Listen, guys, literally everyone in baseball cheats. Cheating in baseball is synonymous. You could go back to the Black Sox scandal. You could go back to Pete Rose. You could go back to steroids. You could go back to the sticky stuff we're seeing now. There's so many things. The Red Sox and Yankees have been caught sign-stealing each other with technology in the playoffs before. Like, literally every team cheats somehow. Every team has a player juicing, a pitcher using sticky stuff, or they're using some technology that they're not supposed to. It's really dumb that we get on the Houston Astros for cheating when cheating is rampant in baseball every team cheats baseball as a sport 
Almost. <clears throat> I needed some water there. Baseball is a sport has been cheating for years. This is all they do. The prime time of baseball was the steroid era when everyone was juicing. And back then it wasn't considered cheating because they didn't really have any regulations on it. But now we would consider that cheating. This is what baseball teams and players do. They cheat to win. What's the old saying? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I think it's dumb that everyone is against the Houston Astros. So I'm all in on the Astros going in to the World Series, making it to the World Series over the Red Sox. I think the Astros, they also have like the best offense by far. I mean, their their offense is off the chain when you look at the numbers. I mean, they had like five dudes deserving to be an all-star this season. Altuve, Correa, Gurriel, Michael Brantley. They had, you know, some studs in that lineup this season. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to come back next week. We got one more part with JT Shorter. Yes, it's been a very long podcast. We recorded for almost two uh, two hours. We give our World Series predictions. So you want to come back next week for that. JT will probably be on again next week because he's actually going to be in Arizona. So we'll probably do a podcast live from my home. Go back and catch up on any podcast you might have missed this week. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. This is...